If you're like me, you would never admit that you were struggling with codependency, or maybe you don't even know what codependency is. Today, we're going to start talking about the signs of codependency and the devastating effect that it can have on you and those closest to you. Joining me today in this conversation is my friend, Dara McLean. Hey friends, this is Carla. I want to personally invite you into real conversations about living wholehearted and finding freedom, joy, and true peace. I'm the founder of Bochi's Place, an organization that provides safe homes and rehabilitation for women who've been rescued from human trafficking. My heart is to see you walk in freedom and discover that everything you need is already within you. If you feel alone in what you're going through and you need a counselor, mentor, or maybe just a friend, that's exactly what this podcast is for. Welcome to the conversation. I, I want to start this conversation by asking, do you remember when we were out to lunch and we were with a mutual friend and we started talking about codependency and I remember you saying, I don't even think I know what codependency is. And I was trying to explain that I feel like everyone struggles with codependency at some point in their life. I now understand codependency to be anything that I have been dependent on for need, value, validation that is an outside in voice. That's so and, good. and honestly, um, it was upsetting and liberating all at the same time because I don't have to be dependent on anyone or anything for wholeness and that's baller like thank god for that (laughs) well I want to share with everybody listening first I'm going to read out of Ephesians 3 18 and 19 and of course when you get almost 50 these become a necessity um okay here's what it says because I really love this scripture because it kind of encompasses what we're going to talk about and may you have the power to understand as all God's people You know, you're God's people, right? How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. I love that. Um, I want to talk about the attributes of codependency first. And I'm going to share with you that I'm reading out of a book that I um, learned so much from by Stephanie Tucker. She's a phenomenal teacher of this concept. Um, but I want to read these attributes to you right off the top because I want to, I want to really, I want you to really take hold of this and listen closely because if any of this applies to you, I want you to be thinking maybe only two that might apply to you or more, okay? Here we go. Believing a relationship with a significant other will fill the ultimate need for love. Depending on relationships with emotionally unavailable people to meet our own needs. Bound in relationships by performance. What I do rather than the core value or the worth of who you are. Obsession with other people's problems and needs. My goodness, that was me. Overly caring for other people to neglect your own self needs. Same with me. Feeling victimized and used as a result. Having a really, really hard time saying no when somebody asks you something to help with something. Or you feel really guilty when you have to say no. Tolerating mistreatment or abuse from people while justifying their behavior 
and trying to always defend them. Avoiding conflict with other people to the point of being unable to speak true feelings or ask for valid needs, often count, oftentimes countered by fits of anger or rage, which is passive aggressiveness. Covering up for irresponsible people in life by lying or filling in the gaps to help them, because we believe this is just going to help them. Doing for others what they should be doing for themselves. Attempting to protect a person from emotional pain or the consequences of unhealthy behaviors such as using drugs and alcohol. Unaware that doing so enables the problem rather than solving it. Um, directly or indirectly attempting to fix, manage, or control other people's problems, even if it meant in a loving way. Trying to please people in life by going out of the way to be helpful thoughtful or caring and then becoming angry or discouraged if they desire if the desired response does not come to pass so the motives were to get the person to respond rather than to bless them the next one is migrating towards people who need help yet having a difficult time receiving help from others so you might be one of those people that look around your life and think why am i always in dysfunctional relationships so that that would be one being willing to compromise your personal beliefs or morals in order to please another person or have emotional needs met. Worrying about other people's feelings so much that it has direct effect on your own feelings. Being bound to another person's emotions. In other words, being tied to you're only happy when they're happy. You're only upset when they're upset. Losing one's own interest and identity in a close relationship, believing that the, per the people in one's life are direct reflection of oneself. And the last one is a fear of being alone or withdrawing out of a fear of close relationships. So those are going to be some very strong attributes to whether you struggle with codependency or not. I know there's going to be a lot more than that as we talk about this over this series on this podcast, but it's important to me, Dara, that people begin to realize what the attributes of codependency are, because when you start to realize that, you might go, oh snap, I didn't know that was codependency. I remember somebody saying to me once, you're the most codependent person I've ever met. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, I'm not codependent. Second of all, that's very rude. I'm not even codependent. She was like, do you even know what codependent is? And I said, yes. It's when I'm depending on someone else for whatever I need. Yeah. And I am very independent. Thank you very much. And she said, no, you're codependent. And then I realized, last yeah. I started digging in. That list of attributes alone should set every single listener free. Because the truth is, if anything is in the way of freedom, like, I don't got time for that. So, exactly. like, who cares? First right. of all, I think I think people get guilt in labels. Like, you're not going label to me, label me anything. And listen, what's really beautiful is this is what we're labeling you. You're children of God, and you don't have time for the mess of being dependent on other things or other people in order to have wholeness. And listen, um, I think that it's really important for people to understand, like, Codependency for me showed up in people pleasing more than being pleased with myself. Right. Codependency showed up for me in comfort eating 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like, first of all, who cares about the labels? And secondly, like, again, I don't have time for anything that's standing in the way of freedom. So, like, let's talk about it. That's right. That's good. Well, I think that one of the things that I wanted to share that I love, love, love out of this workbook um, is she writes here, we all grew up with families and experiences that helped us develop our sense of identity and set rules for life that remained with us throughout adulthood. I just want to say this. Every single one of us has something from our childhood or, and I always use the term, somebody that their, their fingerprints were on you. So it was whoever molded and shaped you. Every single one of us has dysfunction somewhere from birth through today. That something someone did intentionally or unintentionally shaped and molded us in a way that they knew the best way how. But it still created in us something that was in lack. There, If you're a human being and you've lived life, you have been affected negatively and positively by people who love you and people who don't love you. And that's okay. Like, I think as people of God, we need to get out of this idea that we have to portray that we're perfect. We have to portray that we've got it all together. We cannot admit that we have a problem. We have to come out from underneath that bed, that dark place, Mm -hmm. and go, you know what? I do think like that. Like, I don't want to think like that anymore. Yeah. You know, I I want to be free. Um, I love that we've, some of us have reached a point where we realize that the foundational ways that we think, we feel and act, and live in our relationships are causing us pain. We may continue to believe that other people are responsible for that pain. Here's the thing. Yes, there's truth to that. There's other people that are responsible for our pain. But at the end of the day, we are responsible for what we allow. Yeah. You know, we've talked about this in the past where we can get overly crazy about what we allow and don't allow until the point we, where we've isolated ourselves. If we learn to love people through the boundaries... And saying, I can't be part of this behavior anymore. I can't allow this behavior. It would be so shocking to you to realize how quickly people will come out of one place and into another. It's the childlike adolescent spirit inside of these grown-ups that make them so destructive. But it's a lot of the times, it's the environment that we create and nurture. I've had people call me all the time, Dara, and say, I constantly find myself in one bad relationship after another. How do I fix that? And my thing is always right off the top. You attract the kind of person that you are based on your beliefs and your surroundings and your upbringing. We just got to change what did I just tell you earlier? We got to pull the weeds out from around your blooms yep. and let you bloom forward. But every single one of us, if you've lived life, you need you need to be de-weeded, right? Yeah. And to speak into that, you know, when someone would say that statement, you are what you attract, sometimes I think it doesn't make sense because you're thinking, well, I'm not an abuser or I'm not right. an alcoholic so or I'm not... Um, And I I want you to see it from this perspective. Yesterday I was worshiping and I was asking the Lord, God, it feels like there's some devastation in some areas. And I know that you're not a devastator, you're a promiser. That's right. We know that biblically, the character and the nature of God, John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is devastation and destruction. And God comes to give life and life more abundantly, as in water, beauty, rain, blossoming. 
but why is this area this way? And I heard the Lord say to me in my heart, you are attracting what you believed you're worthy of. That's right. So I believe that there is a, a nonstop spout that is like beauty and grace and God's goodness. I think that I take myself out from underneath what is always available and I start beginning to believe that I am only um, able to receive based on the filter of wholeness or brokenness that's internal. That's right. And so that is, that's when that made sense to me. Like, why do I keep attracting brokenness? Why do I keep attracting shame? Right. Well, how do you feel about yourself? That's right. That's right. And one of the things that I know that codependency is, it's a set, it's like a, a bag of tricks, right? But what it is, it's learned coping skills. Hmm. It is, and it's not to ever shame our parents or our past. It's never, I was one of the most codependent people you have ever met in the past. And I came from an amazing family, amazing home, the whole nine, okay? I didn't have addiction in my family. I didn't have any of that. That doesn't make sense, by the way, which by, which should liberate everybody. That's exactly right. Why, why do you think that was? Okay, I will tell you. This is like, my mom was sexually abused as a child. She was physically, mentally, and verbally abused. Okay? So every type of abuse that you can imagine, my mom endured. Okay? She did not choose drugs and alcohol to soothe her pain. My mother chose her emotions to soothe her pain. Hmm. And emotions are one of the most devastating... Emotions are real, and they belong to us. And we're going to talk about that later in the podcast, about how they are good and real. But emotions are used as a drug today. Yeah. We use them as a drug of choice to soothe our pain. It's what we crawl into. Now, emotions are good. They're to tell us that we're tired. They're to tell us that we're angry. They're there to tell us that we're offended. Emotions are like, I use emotions as the, 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 the little reader on the gas tank yeah. to show that you're empty or full. When your emotions are out of control, that means your tank is on empty. That means you mean you need more God. Yeah. You need more peace. You need more space to, to get yourself back to full. Whatever fills you up and makes you like on fire to fly, that's what you need. But emotions are only supposed to be that gauge on the gas tank. Okay? But with my mom, bless her, she died five years ago. My mom's was the most amazing mother you could ever think of. The most amazing mother. She was the most amazing wife. She served my dad, you know, hand and foot. Um, she created a beautiful home for us, beautiful traditions, just was there for us, cheered us on on everything. But her emotions were her drug of choice. So if she got offended, she like barreled down and, and she like held on to that. And that, that all of those uh, hormones that were being released during that time was what was feeding that need, that horrible brokenness within her. Now, she loved Jesus. She preached Jesus. But she could this is the thing that I'm so passionate about, Dara, is people who love Christ yeah. and who are on fire for the Lord and know the scriptures like backwards and forwards, they still are suffering with this emotional crisis because they don't know how to navigate that, right? Yeah. So to say that means that even though I came out of that, it was a learned... My mom would withdraw into like her room for a few days to, to cope with herself. She never abused us. She never abused um, drugs or alcohol, but she withdrew. So I learned coping skills in order to try to gain her back. 
out of that withdraw that withdrawn state of depression or whatever she was going through. So bless her heart, she was just dealing with her own pain and her own privacy, not understanding how to process that. Sure. But as a daughter in a home that felt shut down because she was processing pain in her own way, I learned coping skills in order to try to get her back. Yeah. So we do that. That's a very normal sense of codependency. There's also the codependency when you're in a relationship with an addict. Maybe it was your dad or your mom or your brother or sister. Maybe you had a, a disabled parent or brother or sister. Or everybody in the house created coping skills in order to create a false sense of peace. Right? And that's what it is. One of the things, it's a counterfeit method of expressing love and engaging in healthy spirit-based relationships. It's a counterfeit. It's really good. Right? So if we are doing that, so if we become a nervous wreck in order to, afraid someone's going to react a certain way, afraid somebody's going to do a certain thing, when we act like that, that's whenever we know that we are creating a counterfeit environment in order to project I want to talk about even friends. You may be in a relationship with a friend, and I used to be in these relationships. Ugh! I look back and I think, <gasps> you might be in a relationship with a friend, just a girlfriend, that you find that you are doing whatever it takes to keep her happy. That she might be the person that overbuys for you. She might be the person that overcompliments you, who cheers you on, but then there's a cost to that. There's an expression behind that. There's something an agenda that you have to do yeah. to uphold her mood. Yeah. If you dare say something wrong or you confront her or him, um, and there's like consequences. There's the cold shoulder. There's the shutout. There's the, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to isolate you. I'm going to punish you. I'm going to punish you. Like who tells another human being, I'm going to punish you in whatever that looks like, right? Yeah. So, but there are people that fall underneath because they find that their needs are being met by this person who's buying them gifts all the time or offering words of encouragement and words of flattery over the top. Yeah. That is what I call filling up the tank so that whenever the control comes in, you can't fill the control because the tank's so full. Once the tank gets low, you start seeing the control becomes the method and then you start acting out or reacting to it. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the person goes, ah, they're getting a little strong. They're getting a little mouthy. I better fill that tank back up. I better draw them in closer, fill the tank back up. That's narcissism and codependency in the perfect marriage. That's what that is. So if anybody identifies with that right now that's listening to my voice, I want to say this to you directly. What I'm doing is recording this on um, my IGTV and also on my YouTube channel so that you can get both the podcast and here. But I want to say this to you. If any of that applies to you, you definitely want to plug in to these podcasts and then uh, also to what I have online. I have some online courses that will dig into it. It's an intensive workshop that will be able to dig in um, and help you with everything that you need. Dara, did you want to speak into that? Um, yeah, I think some things that were being sparked whenever you talked. Um, I think on our next conversation, we need to address savior complexes. That's so good. Counterfeit peace 
and what to do when you feel like you're being punished in relationships, how to take control of your own self and your own life. Um, so, uh, guys, remember for events, resources, information, and also courses specific to freedom from codependence, you can go to carlashellis.com and get everything that you need. And always, it's very important to us, if you or anyone you know is in an abusive situation of any kind, go to carlashellis.com slash help. You can find help there. Yes. And let me tell you guys, I want you to remember this forever and always. Remember that you already have everything that you need within you.